0: Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 24, Terry Whitehead, incumbent, currently the Ward 8 counselor, running for city councillor in Ward 14, recorded on August 28th, 2018. Terry Whitehead, you're a current member of Hamilton City Council. Due to ward realignment, you are now running in Ward 14, which is the New Mountain Ward. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast.
1: It's great to be here, Joey.
0: Firstly, tell us, who is Terry Whitehead?
1: Terry Whitehead is a very energetic, enthusiastic, committed, and dedicated individual that's raised a family in Ward 8 for the last 20 years. I have four children, two graduated from university and college, and I have two still at home. And they just graduated from St. Thomas More School, I'm very proud of them and will be attending More College. Why are you running? Well, I think I have something to offer. When you take a look at my history, right back to high school, I've been vice president of the Student Council to appoint on the Elliott Lake Recreation Committee as a student representative. As an activist in the community, uh, I certainly became the steward and vice president of an office of technical union of the steelworkers in northern Ontario. I studied political science and economics. At Laurentian, I came back down here and got a job with Dave Christofferson. As he's a senior advisor, when he's a minister to the Solicitor General, Minister of Corrections. Worked for uh, Sheila Copps as a senior advisor as well, and Minister of Heritage. And I worked as chief of staff for the longest serving mayor of the city of Hamilton, Robert Morrill. So when you take a look at the fact that I ran business in the private sector, being quite involved with many issues, I'm well prepared to represent this community.
0: Do you live in Ward 14, yes or no? Absolutely. Does it matter if one lives in the community one seeks to represent?
1: Well, I think it's a matter of degree. If you live adjacent to borders and share a lot of the life experiences of your neighbors, I certainly I think that you are well fit to, to, to represent those communities. If you're coming from a completely different life experience and a different geographic location within the city and trying to represent a particular area, I think those, that's where the line is drawn.
0: How have you contributed to your community and our city?
1: In many, many ways. I've been a strong voice at City Council. Initiated a lot of new programs, from the wireless program downtown to creation of the South Ontario Economic Development Agency to the Auditor General Office at of City Hall to feasibility, uh, to looking at revenue generation by staff at City Hall to offset taxes. You know, you look at the, the, the ward, you've got the largest rec center now being, has been built and being been established in Ward 8. You now look at probably the largest park with William McConnell Park that is just opened this past uh, Saturday and with lots of fanfare and excitement and lots of families enjoying, and that's just the first phase. These are just tip of the iceberg. There's many more, there's too much to list here.
0: What are your two priorities for Ward 14 and your two priorities for Hamilton as a whole?
1: Well, I think there's an overlap. What I hear at the doors is very clear to keep our taxes competitive, keep them low. So that's certainly a priority, and I think my record speaks for itself on that matter. The other issue that is emerging is the amount of speeding on our roadways. So the unsafe road issues that are impacting internal neighborhoods. And I believe those are the two top priorities as far as the ward is concerned. Citywide, I think jobs, 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 economic development. I've heard far too many families who talk about their young children graduating from college, university, and have to move outside the community to find a job within their field. We have to do better.
0: What are three skills you will bring to elected office that make you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on City Council?
1: Well, skills and experience, I think, are coming hand in hand, so I think I have a keen ability to negotiate. A good example of that is the recent deal at Mohawk College, where you'll see Century Manor, a heritage building, being preserved. You'll see the ability of Mohawk College to acquire land, to build another student residence, to take the residential impact on the surrounding community, and land is to be forwarded back to the city. And in all that, $9.5 million being generated to build affordable housing in the lower city. So negotiation is is a skill that I certainly have and certainly did a lot with the union and continue doing so. I think the other one is I'm an innovative in regards to looking at issues and looking at how we can step out of that status quo and looking at different ways of achieving something to optimize our objectives. I think I'm pretty articulate. I think that when I speak at crowds, I have people come talk to me afterwards and say, "Wow, I had the hair standing on the back of my neck. So I, I believe I can communicate very well. And I can inspire people, and I think that's important.
0: Hamilton zoning regulations prevent the building of multi-unit clustered housing, which is in scale with existing single-family housing, commonly referred to as the missing middle. There are approximately 100,000 Hamiltonians in their 20s and approximately 140,000 Hamiltonians over the age of 65. The missing middle is medium-density transit-connected housing in walkable communities and is important to young renters, first-time owners, and critical for seniors seeking to successfully age in place in the communities they've lived for decades. As a member of City Council, you will need to address housing challenges in Hamilton. You will face opposition to infill development and provincially mandated intensification. How will you respond to concerns about development and where do you believe mid-density growth should occur in your ward?
1: Well, I'll start the last question first. How is that? So, I believe that medium density should be along transit corridors, major arterials are the ideal location to strategically put medium and high density, regardless if you're downtown or on the mountain. And if you take a look, we had a footprint or a foundation, of plan through the GRIDS, which is a growth policy that was established by the City of Hamilton through a consultation with many, many, many stakeholders. And it has identified creating hubs in, in those transportation corridors. And I've demonstrated that through development. Uh, if you go, take a, a ride along the West Fifth, for example, across from Wilm Park, you will see a lot of townhouses and you'll be seeing a lot more townhouses along that stretch. Medium density certainly meets the targets. If you look on RIMO, we're currently building, uh, Valerie's building a 10-story or two or three uh, 10-story buildings there. Again, a higher density transportation corridor on the blast network. That's how you achieve that objective. I think as far as the challenge for a lot of the 20-year-olds or that middle group, I think the province has answered that to some degree with accessory apartments and homes and dwellings, and you're seeing a lot more of those popping up. I just dealt one recently on Stone Church, which I ended up supporting. But we have to be clear that when those things happen, they have to ensure that they're meeting the building code, windows are above grade, access, address, egress, egress have to be addressed. But certainly, you're seeing a lot more of those kinds of things happening. And it's making homes more affordable because if you can buy a home that you can have a tenant that's paying rent, that could offset the impact on your monthly payments and bring it back to the affordability for many of those that are having challenges today. I think the other piece, I don't know if you do this in the next question, but I believe that in development, we should be asking for a percentage of housing or units to be set for affordable housing. I think we need to negotiate and understand what that number is because I do not want to be a de-incentive, but I think there's a balance that could be struck that we can create more affordable housing through development, through planning.
0: What is something interesting or unique about Ward 14 that you believe the rest of Hamilton should know?
1: I think the most unique thing is that for many, many years, in Ward 14 off the Mountain Brow was a sanatorium. And the sanatorium is renowned nationally and internationally as one of the largest TB hospitals in North America at its time. It had more Inuit people getting health services at that particular location than any one community in Northern Ontario or certainly in the, in the Great White North. And we've facilitated many soldiers at that site. So I think they are is a real history in Ward 14.
0: What are two changes you will propose to improve city services?
1: Well, I think we already are on that path. When I created the Auditor General position at City Hall, it was pretty clear after the first year, through their findings, that there was a lack of performance measures. So what was happening is they would go into these departments and how do you measure value for dollar when they didn't have the appropriate performance measures in place. So the last number of years, they've established a lot of performance measures. And as a result of establishing those performance measures, we're getting greater f- levels of efficiency. And in fact, I think it was announced at the end of this year that we had $4.2 million surplus, positive variance. And I think that is a testament to the efficiency that we're, we, we've created through programs like the Auditor General. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? Well, I think that we need a radical uh, change in alignment of transit system on the mountain. I think that the current pattern isn't delivering an optimized service for the ridership. So I believe that was the number one priority on the transit file. That would be it. I know I have had a number of conversations with the Director of Transit, and I can assure your listeners that you will be seeing some dramatic changes in the new year. I'm well aware of them, and I think they're well overdue. Change is tough on many, but at the end of the day, we'll create a more efficient service that people will be proud to ride on. Second service, I think that we have a growing population in seniors. And it's clear to me that many of our amenities are undersized for the amount of seniors we have in our community. If we really want them to age well in place, we have to ensure that we have the appropriate amenities strategically located across the city so that we can provide that space for them to grow, to establish relationships, and stay in good health.
0: What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton?
1: Uh, Well, I think I sort of touched on one. So quality of life is parks. I think the parks are the soul and the heart of many neighborhoods, and the amenities you provide is a testimony to your commitment to those neighborhoods. And it's through consultation and working with those neighborhoods that you establish the perfect fit for people to either be passive in their enjoyment of the park, or certainly participate in organized programs in those parks, or just having a walk through the woodlots. So I think that parks are certainly a piece of that quality of life. I think the second piece for quality of life more than likely would be accessibility. I'm finding more and more people that have aged, or even with disabilities, are having a real challenge moving around the city and certainly moving around neighborhoods. We have still a lot of urban cross-sections in the city of Hamilton, certainly in Ward 14, that need to be addressed. We have to ensure that we have adequate pathways and sidewalks to accommodate those in need.
0: Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. Ranked ballots enable voters to choose by prioritizing candidates they feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballots?
1: Well, first of all, I think we need to determine in the city of Hamilton with whether ranked ballots could work and whether you get a greater uh, level of participation. And I know that there are studies that show that in some jurisdictions it has worked and there's been a greater level of participation. But in Hamilton, if you take a look historically at the elections, most of the people that are getting elected are getting elected with a well over 50%. So I'm not sure what problem you're going to solve because if you get elected on the first Run then was there a need for a second and third run? The second piece is rank balloting could be and is confusing for many that have never experienced that process. And often, what you'll find is people might only check off that one spot, and the true intent of the rank balloting is not being exercised. And I think it might be even a discouragement to a percentage of population to to actually vote if it makes it more complicated for them to cast that vote for the people or the person that they wish to succeed. So I think there is a number of factors around erect balloting that needs to be considered. I'm open-minded to it, but I have some concerns.
0: How will you improve civic governance and engagement in the next four years?
1: Wow, that's a, a loaded question. Well, I think I've been doing that. As far as engagement, I don't think anyone can argue that I do not make every effort to use every tool to engage with my community. I mean, I don't think uh, there's too many counselors For example, that has used virtual town halls, used live stream, used a live audience all at the same time to give people an opportunity to provide their questions and their thoughts through the budget process. And I've done virtual town halls on several occasions and get huge participation, well over 3,000 people. So part of the engagement is finding a way to make it easy for the population to get involved in the conversation. I think virtual town halls is one of those technologies and tools that can facilitate that. I also set up every Saturday through the winter months, I set up a constituency day where I get 30 to 50 people every Saturday. Sometimes there's a up waiting for me, probably over several thousand in the last 14 years. But it's really about bringing City Hall to the people and listening to what they have to say. And, and believe me, I get a lot of opinions that are shared with me in that, that mall. But it is about engagement, it's about listening to what they have to say. I think the, the third, and this is a principle now, when people are consulted, they need to understand what the limitations of that consultation is, because you don't want to build false hope. People want to be heard, and you need to ensure that the common themes that are being expressed in many of those meetings are not only being recorded, but are being addressed even in the final resolutions. And far too often, I think people feel disengaged from the process because they don't feel like they're being heard, and I think we can do a better job on that.
0: How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager and what qualities do you seek in a new
1: city manager? You know, I was probably instrumental in getting Chris Murray to the council floor where the council selected him as the city manager. So I was directly involved in that process, and I am very proud of the fact that the city of Hamilton has progressed very well under Chris Murray's leadership. Moving forward, we will have a committee of probably chairs of the standing committees that we pulled together. I believe that uh, what I would be looking for, somebody that, is obviously a very good public speaker, inspirational, somebody that understands administration, but also understands implementing a council vision and can demonstrate that through their past life. I think that's important. I would be leaning to somebody that is probably a little more business oriented because truly what I'm hearing at the door is that it's about jobs, it's about our economics in the city of Hamilton. Even though quality of life is important, if you have no jobs, they will just leave the community anyway. So we need to really have somebody that has, I believe, a bit of a business acumen.
0: Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so?
1: Well, I think I've done that on a number of occasions. I mean, what comes to mind very quickly is that uh, we had additional money left over in the Westmount Rec Center funds, and and it was for additional space to be built. There was shortfall for the new Burning Riley Rec Center down in Ward 3, and Understanding the need in that community, I actually volunteered to give up those additional dollars in the Westbound account, put towards that rec center so it could happen and serve those great people in Ward 3. That is compromise. That is being censored to others' needs, and I think that demonstrates how I work.
0: It's 2022. The public record is writing a review of the four-year council term that is just ending. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council, and what three words do you hope will describe council as a whole?
1: Committed, dedicated, and hard worker.
0: Three words for council?
1: Dynamic, representative, and for the most part, congenial.
0: Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks you wish to share?
1: be great to be here with you, Joey. I look forward to the upcoming election. Democracy truly is grassroots at city level. This is an opportunity for many, many people to exercise their God-given right of enfranchise at the voting poll. And as I always said, I always respect the decision of the people. I look forward to it.
0: I want to thank the Terry Berry branch of the Hamilton Public Library for the use of their sound studio where we recorded this podcast. This has been episode 24 of the 155 podcast, the Public Records interview series with candidates in the 2018 Hamilton municipal election. The Public Record is Hamilton's local independent reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.